Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, my homies, and welcome to a very special Netflix and Swill podcast. Uh, I'm Dan, as you know, and I'm joined by uh, one of my favorite people in podcasting ever, ever, uh, Mr. Colin Moriarty of Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. Colin, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, very nice to be here. So uh, I want to talk about Netflix and, and gaming and kind of what, you know, your, your thoughts are on it and how, how you uh, envision potentially a strategy going. But first, I want to ask, uh, just kind of get baseline for everybody else. What's some of your favorite Netflix stuff that you watch? I know you watch a little bit here and there, but mostly you're about the video games. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, I was thinking about this recently because I knew I was going to be on the show. And I always think about how I, I've been a Netflix customer since 2004, I guess, continuously. Mm. And, you know, back in the disc days, and I've told stories about being really obsessive with, I, I was on three and four discs at a time, and I would be really obsessive about getting discs in the mail. So something new was always coming. I was just like really involved in trying to maximize that. And it was really funny. Uh, and when Netflix got into original content, first with that, what was that show that, that took place in Scandinavia? Um, Ooh. You know, it was the, it was, uh, it starred uh, the guy from The Sopranos. That was like the original big show. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Well, it's um, Netflix. I think Jillian Anderson guy. too. Uh, let me see. Oh, Lily Hammer. That's what it is. That's so it. that was yeah. like that was like one of the, if not the original Netflix show. And mm -hmm. I remember when that came out, I was like, oh, it's interesting. Like they're going to do some original content. And then House of Cards was right after that. And that was when I really fell in love with this idea. First of all, I love that show, except for the last season, yeah. which I only right. watched the first episode of, and then I was like, I'm not watching Oh, good. You, you and me are yeah. the same. Yeah, I could not yeah, I take like, it after the first I episode. I like Robin Wright, but I'm, I'm not. No. Yeah. So I was really into that, and it, it really opened my mind to this idea that the streaming services, much like HBO had been doing since the 80s, really, but more in the 90s with Sopranos and Six Feet Under and others. I was like, oh, there's going to be this whole dynamic boutique approach to making shows. And I always credit Netflix for that. I, I think that they're like a really solid example of how you evolve a business and mm -hmm. start to veer into other things. So I still look at House of Cards as seminal Netflix viewing. But I think the, the Netflix show that's most impressive to me um, most recently was or is Ozark. Um, and okay. I think that that's like a a fabulous show, and Jason Bateman is so good in it, and it is so fucking dark that I I just love it. I think it's awesome, cool setting, and all of that. But like you said, I I spend most of my time playing games, so I'm really far behind. I I often only watch TV shows like series when I have to do something for one of the shows. And so like right. I'm watching Battlestar Galactica for like the third time right now because we have to do it for the show. But um so yeah, nothing too recent on Netflix. I'll occasionally dip in for either a documentary or a comedy special like the Chappelle special recently or something like that. Sure. And I have no problem keeping my subscription going, but I could go an entire 
several months without logging in, to be honest, at this point. They have a lot of competition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's actually my next question is like, based off of all the competition, because uh, seemingly Netflix proved the model that you were talking about, that's a premium streaming service that everyone could have their own IP to. Everyone went to, with that and ran. So, I mean, like, as someone who isn't as tuned into it as, you know, like someone like me, who is uh, unfortunately all up in it. Uh, what what are your thoughts on most of these streaming services, these competing streaming services that seemingly popped up out of nowhere? Well, I always use Hulu as the example of what I think should happen. The original mm-hmm. idea for Hulu, not what Hulu has become, which Hulu is right. good. But the original idea, as you know, behind Hulu is that the companies, several big companies were going to get together and do a streaming service together. And the idea was, you know, Fox, NBC and others were going to put their shows into this competition that would do battle with Netflix and do battle with, at that time, nascent Amazon Prime, which in some ways is the best service, I think, out of all of them, just because sure. I think it gives you the option to buy anything that they don't have, which I don't understand mm. why the others don't do something similar, but I digress. So I'm confused. Like I watch football every week, right? And there's always Paramount Plus commercials on CBS shows or CBS uh, games. Right. And which was CBS All Access. And obviously there's Apple TV or whatever they call that. And there's all these things. And I am bothered by the fact that we're digressing back towards the mean, which was a cable package. You know, like we're, we're back where we were now, where you have to spend all of this money. And I would love to see these companies. Now, this is never going to happen, but right. I would love to see the, com- I think it's more likely to happen in games and we could talk about that, but um, I would like to see some of these companies be like, fuck it, let's just get together again and give viewers an overwhelming value. Like, there's no reason for Fox, CBS, and NBC to be doing their own things mm-hmm. on Hulu, Peacock, and all this other stuff when they should be getting together and make something maximally valuable and share the money. And I bet you draw more people that way, but I don't know. I, I, so I'm bothered by this this insistence on more and more and more because it is just bringing us back to where we were. It's, it's exactly what we didn't want. And the it's, there's such a thing as too much. And I think we've gotten to an a la carte position where it's less valuable now than it was to just buy a cable package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's kind of been my thought. Although I own basically every streaming service, uh, not because I have to, because I feel like it, you know, I got, you know, HBO max, I think is, I think that one's probably my favorite in terms of like actual selection. Amazon Prime I like uh, mainly because it has terrible movies on there and I like watching a terrible movie every now and then. But I think that interface is dreadful. Uh, I I don't understand how anybody likes that. Netflix, you know, it's the thing I do uh, and I enjoy it. But uh, there, there are times where Netflix and I are at odds and not even just through PR, but just the whole streaming service itself. Fucking Paramount Plus and uh, Peacock and all this other like. What are it's those? too much. Like, and those are it's, it's going to it can't it can't work like it, it can't. I don't right. know how it's going to pan out, but it can't work because you also yeah. have HBO and you have Showtime and you have like all these things. And it's just no way. And I yeah. think the people to realize like Netflix will be fine. Amazon will be fine. Right. I think Hulu will be fine. And I would say that Hulu is the, is the best for me right now just because it has the perfect alignment of shows that I like to watch like Seinfeld and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. and. Um, Handmaid's Tale is like the only show I probably follow right now that's still on like because I'm, I'm happy right. to wait and just watch things all at once so yeah it that frustrates me and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better but I think we're m- moving into a market period and 
corporate America of consolidation. And yep. so what might end up happening is that some of these companies might sell off their shares of these various holdings and you might find different ownership, which is exactly what happened with Hulu. Hulu, I think that most of the original people are divested completely at this point yep. from Hulu. Yeah, so, I think it's pretty much Disney at this point. So it's right. just like their adult streaming service, which like I kind of understand why you want like two streaming services, but also like if you're already going to do an ESPN plus a Disney plus and a Hulu package, just make it like make the Hulu and Disney plus one thing, man. Yeah, I agree. And I would even say like just. God, I know this is this is like the stuff that would make boardrooms, you know, a muck, but it's like just do it and charge at the same price or a similar price like that would be mm-hmm. very attractive to people. You would retain everyone, you know, like people are like, oh, that's not a bad deal. You know, $10 a month, $12 a month for Hulu and ESPN and whatever. And it's like, cool. But I think that's yeah. what needs to happen because I think people are like to me, I'm I'm so overwhelmed with choice that I'm I'm almost like, yeah. Eh, I don't even want to bother anymore. Right. Uh, well, it's like when you yeah. would go run down the list of all the PlayStation games coming to the service and it's like, oh, my God, like it, it got to the point where people on like wrote into your show, like, please stop. Please stop. Yeah, we did. Stop. Yeah. yeah. And you did, um, which like I don't that, blame you, but that's just too much, man. There's just too much to worry about any, at any one week. I agree. All right. So uh, Netflix gaming, uh, how, how familiar are you with it? And then uh, when did you really first find out about it? Was it? The Oxenfree developer, uh, what is it, Night Party or Night School Night, Studios? Uh, is Night, that it? Night School. Yeah, it's Night yeah. School. Was it, was it that um, acquisition that kind of was like, oh, okay. Or like, were you aware of what they were doing beforehand? No. I, I've, first of all, I, being in the industry, I've, I've been hearing rumblings about Netflix and gaming for years. I think they've been quietly trying to do something behind the scenes for a long time. And then the Oxenfree stuff was kind of the most recent thing, but not the first thing I had heard because they had... Well, there's two things there. They've been vocal. What's that guy's Ted Sarandos or whatever his name is? Ted Sarandos. Yep. Yeah. Um, he had mentioned, I think, several times that they were interested in gaming. But you also saw they were telegraphing it, even if you weren't paying attention to what they were saying at corporate meetings and during their financials, because you had stuff like Bandersnatch and others that were clearly gamified. Um, mm-hmm. They were also trying to do stuff with um, some of their IP, like uh, what's the 80 Stranger Things and, and all that. Yep. And and getting getting involved with Telltale, which I thought was clever. So I feel like, again, giving Netflix the credit of being a pretty forward-thinking and successful company that has reinvented itself several times now, I would fully expect that they would get involved in games, and I, I expect that they could probably make it work, too. I just, what I think is, is it's going to require a much bigger buy-in for them than I think they realize, and maybe they yep. do realize it, which is why I think that the, the PlayStation um, rumors were percolating with them for a while i also think yep. that marriage would make a lot of sense should that happen but i feel like netflix the trap that netflix can find themselves in is making the same kinds of games over and over again because there is really only so much you can do with mm. a control input like a, you know a, a tv controller or something that's why bandersnatch works so well that's why something like minecraft story mode works right but Right. It's not going to like they need shooters. They're going to need open world games. They're going to need other things or, or it's just going to become Netflix style games. Right. And they don't need that. That's not a thing. Like that's never going to be a thing. So right. that's I think the trap that they're going to find themselves in. And that requires stuff like a controller that requires mm-hmm. more investment into 
localized servers for bandwidth issues and latency. It might even require a set-top box. And I'm not talking about a console, but something that might allow you to store games into ROM, basically, that will allow you to draw and maybe not... Because this is... I'm sure you know this. Remember the the old thing was like Netflix is using like an appreciable amount of American bandwidth. Like Netflix is using like an appreciable amount of it. So imagine 60 frame or 120 frame 4k games i mean i I have no idea what that how that would even work so they have a lot of challenges to overcome which is why i think it's intelligent for them and why i believe that they will find a partner that will help them explore this space apart from you know some of the acquisitions that they've done which is really only one so far right and that's the thing is like we're looking now like as somebody like me i'm looking now like who are they looking to acquire and like so far it's only like people they've already done business with there's this uh, studio called bonus xp that has done uh their stranger things games and then their dark crystal age of resistance game which uh i don't feel like anybody knew existed uh, i completely yeah, it was a, forgot it was a about strategy it. role-playing game yeah as i remember it was right? like a tactics game I I, yeah. I I was like oh cool i like final fantasy tactics advance uh, i wasn't a, a playstation one owner so i didn't i didn't have the glory of final fantasy tactics but i was like oh cool a tactics game interesting but then, you know, it got mediocre reviews. No one talked about it. It was just a, a thing that happened and then died. And then everyone forgot about it. They're, they have a new game coming out called uh, Kate Collateral Damage based off of the Kate movie that was just recently on Netflix. It's a uh, roguelike uh, kind of reminds me a lot of like the, the super giant guys, like what they're what they're doing there, which was interesting. But that's only on Steam. That doesn't seem to lend itself right. towards so- what they're doing. Well, that's what I'm that's what I was thinking is like, I think there are two strategies. I think they're both viable and I think that they should Mm. pursue them both. One is and I think that by by the way, getting Night School Studio like Netflix is going to be the publisher of Oxenfree 2 on PlayStation. So what's going to end up happening, I think, is that they can pursue two different paths. It's a fork in the road, but they should just send people down both of them. One is to become a publisher of core games and put Mm -hmm. them on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC, and then. The other course is to make games for their own platform. Now, that path might turn into a diamond because those things might come back together at some point right. in the future where Netflix can host the proper game. But like you're saying, a roguelike is not going to work on Netflix. Like they, no. they ha- they're not even remotely prepared to a- accompany some, you know, a- a- something like that from beginning to end in production, technology, know-how. The audience doesn't know where to find it. They don't know what they're looking for. There could also be a third path, which is that they want to do a gaming vertical of some sort that will be adjacent to netflix i don't think that's smart because i think what's o- they've always done you recall when they tried to split the company in two um, oh yeah and have the dvds and netflix like the the streaming service was going to be called something else as i recall yeah and i think it took like two days and we're like ah never mind yeah. because everyone's yeah, like that I- doesn't make sense like you're one company be one entity and move as one entity so i hope that that third option is not what they end up doing but there's there's a lot of potential and there are i i think of some studios that they can get into bed with but i don't know okay two of them are playstation aligned or were which are quantic dream and supermassive i think are both studios that would be oh, very supermassive, absolutely yeah now supermassive is interesting quantic dream i think is out like i think that they're very mm. happy doing their own thing as i've said on right. my show they had a really bad relationship with sony i don't think that they well, want to doing work that star wars them. game too right exactly and i don't think they want to work with anyone anymore in that capacity they're internally developing that game sony was all in their business i think they need a little more freedom david cage i think is you know very finicky um yeah supermassive is interesting because as people might recall they signed an eight game deal with bandai namco and this was after until dawn came out 
Mm-hmm. The third game just came out. It's in the Dark Pictures Anthology Horror Series. And the fourth game they just announced will come out in 2022. And interestingly, what they said was that this is the end of that season, which leaves four games remaining. And what I'm wondering is, is Bandai Namco going to cut them loose? Because I don't think those games are doing very well. And I don't know I don't if they think want so to keep doing it. You know, right. So I think they're going to cut them. And I think Supermassive is kind of a studio that Sony let get away. And I think one mm-hmm. of the few studios that would make sense in Sony's first party. But uh, and I think that mostly because I think Quantic Dream also got away. So they got neither of them. And I don't think that that was right. part of the equation for them. I think they thought they were going to get one of them. Um, right. I remember you saying yeah. something like uh, when Supermassive released Until Dawn, you were like, they out Quantic Dream, Quantic Dream. And then, right, of course, exactly right. Quantic Dream comes back with Detroit Become Human, which is a fantastic game. But Definitely. yeah, and then and then you're looking at Sony, and you're like, all right. So if you're not going to get in bed with Quantic Dream, do it with Supermassive. And then Band- the Bandai Namco deal comes out, and I think everyone was shocked. Like, what are you doing? Like, they'd already they'd also done like some P- like some VR content. Like everything yeah. seemed to be pointing towards Supermassive going to PlayStation. Definitely, and it you know if they could still work together. Yeah, they did the Impatient mm-hmm. and like Bravo Team. They're not very good. Um, right. They also did Rush of Blood, which was like a VR launch game, but. We'll see. I mean, so there are I think what's tantalizing about Netflix is that there are just many forks in the road or many paths in the road that they can take. And I think most of them are viable and they have the money and the know how and the wherewithal to stick with it. But I w- I'm really curious how they're going to integrate it into their machine or into their service, which is why I think. Which is why I think they need to work with one of the manufacturers of a console. It doesn't have to be PlayStation. I just think that they need to work through one of them so that you have a controller. I think that's going right. to be an essential part of this. You know. Or they well, can make their own, but I don't think that's smart. I don't think they're going to. Also, their current strategy seems to be leaning towards being the mobile market. Uh, the way testing is currently going on in Poland, Spain, and Italy. Uh, and basically, it's it's a mask for the Google Play Store that you download the Google Play apps and then can play through your Netflix account. Like, you get the games for free, so it's like a Game Pass kind of service in that kind of respect. You get the games, including your subscription. You download them. Uh, through the Google Play Store, and then you can play them through your Netflix client. I, that seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. And also, I don't know how that's going to work with iPhone. I mean, it, Apple was very much against Game Pass streaming, and this seems to be like a workaround to Game Pass streaming, and also directly conflicts with Apple Arcade. Exactly. And this is <laughs> it's a great point. It's why there's a lot of... These corporations have so many tethers that conflict with each other it's like even with sony sony owns a fraction of epic right and Mm -hmm. but they put their games on steam like that hurts epic and they don't care right because that's like there's more they're doing the equation and they're like well it's more money to just do it this way even though it hurts this company that we own uh a piece of it's very it's very stupid when you think about it like how many (laughs) how open to like how many achilles heels are exposed at each of these companies it's like it's quite shocking in my mind. Right. Um, and I, I, so that's why I really do believe that. Well, because you're talking about the mobile space, which is fine, but they, they're going to run into the same problem there. I know that people play Call of Duty and all this shit on mobile, but if that's the space they want to be in, they don't need to use Netflix to get in that space. Just put games on right. the marketplaces exactly. there. But I think that they realize what everyone knows, which is that the money is really in the console space. And what I mean by that is Unless you're one of like five games on mobile, you're not making fucking anything. At least there are 50 games on on console that will make money right now. Mm -hmm. And I think they must know that too. And they must also know, I mean, I'm sure you recall that there was a time when PlayStation 3 was the most popular streaming platform for for Netflix. So there is a gaming heritage there where people 
associate using Netflix, not with their <clears throat> smart TV and not with DVDs, but with their console. And they still do. Mm. Like I have OLED LG TVs, beautiful TVs in my house, and I use my PlayStation 5 to use everything yeah. on it still, even though that's dumb, right? So, oh, yeah. So I, and that's why I think that that leak of Netflix, st- something that someone scraped from the Netflix server mm-hmm. with images that were PlayStation aligned. I'm like, that doesn't surprise me. It could be nothing, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were working with them based on their history. Yeah, I mean, that always screamed like a pitch meeting to me that like we have we have heard nothing about that since that. Yeah, that I, I we talked about that on on sacred, like because mm-hmm. I've been in those meetings, too, where it's like, yeah, you take, you know, this and this and and like it's but things the, that exist to Tsushima totally. running on netflix right but my question about that is like yeah that's a deck why is that on your server mm. right that's different i mean like that's something they uploaded to their back end it's not it's not someone's deck that they showed right. in a meeting that someone like leaked it, you know remember like shadow of the tomb raider leaked because someone was making a deck on the montreal subway and someone took pictures of it right yeah. on their laptop that's how it leaked it's not it's, that that didn't happen like this. Like someone scraped this from Netflix's servers. And I just because so, I agree with you, like that's what my instinct t- tells me, too. But that's I'm like, why is there a picture of Jin Sakai sure, yeah. on Netflix's server? Right. Like, why is there a picture of DualShock 5 on Netflix's server? That's yeah, that's in, that's something. I don't I don't know what, what it yeah, is. It's, it could be nothing. it's something. But like, that's the thing Place is, like, we haven't. Weird. When was that? That was like 2020, right? Like it was like last year, like mid pan, like june i think can't remember exactly playstation stuff i want to say that was this year but i can look um netflix playstation uh that was in july oh this year Uh, i don't know why that feels so long ago i guess because this year is dragging on uh my entire life but yeah i mean we've heard i mean i think we all expected something maybe around this time but i guess if we hear anything it won't be till game awards like maybe that's sony's big announcement at game awards is that PlayStation now is going to be powered by Netflix or, you know, Netflix integration with PlayStation, something along those lines. Uh, That's that's why I think. Jim Ryan had said they're preparing a Game Pass competitor right now. mm -hmm. That's not something you say when you already have a subscription service, which you do PlayStation now. Mm -hmm. And it's now literally a tenth of the popularity of its competitor. But we were talking on the show. Maybe maybe this is what they're preparing. I don't know. It could also be that because i was saying like as cool as that would be for netflix i mean it would be massive for playstation because oh yeah imagine imagine if there was just plastered on the splash screen of every netflix customer when they go on a playstation logo right like play netflix is a much bigger brand than playstation and mm-hmm. that would be a massive win for playstation so as, as exciting as it is from netflix's perspective if you're a sony person in their ecosystem you're like oh my god like the because they need sophisticated technologies to stream better and to do all those kinds of things. Well, and who to, and we know so they, like who, they don't have that capability. Right. So who to, like if you're there and you're like, listen, here's what we if, if it's PlayStation and Netflix. I mean, this is the fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. You're play on PlayStation and they're like, listen, listen, guys, uh, you have the technology. You have the reach and the streaming heft. We have the games. We have the knowledge. We have the box. We have the controller. Right. Let's marry and yeah. do something together and that would be huge and i i i wouldn't be surprised i mean netflix used to cater I, so back in the xbox 360 era your listeners might remember netflix was a streaming exclusive to xbox 360 oh yeah so you to get, get a disc ne- for ps3 exactly and that really made microsoft mad behind the scenes 
And mm. Netflix still did it. And like we said, PS3 ended up overtaking Netflix on that disc as being the most popular streaming service. And I think ever since then, there might be some knowledge that like there might be some synthesis here, synergy between I hate that word, but between these two brands and they both kind of need each other if they not mm. generally, but if they're, they're both going in this direction where it's like, wow, we really could use the other to do this. Sony doesn't need Netflix to make games any more right. than Netflix needs Sony to be a great streaming service. But if they want to go in this direction, I think I think they make a lot of sense together and we'll, we'll see what happens. And I agree with I totally gr- agree with your gut instinct saying like this just seems like an in-house presentation, mm. but I can't escape. There's that lingering it reminds thing. me a lot of the blue box stuff with with, you know, all the weirdness with blue box oh, yeah. conspiracy <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but I just can't escape like right. these certain things. And that is the thing I can't escape where I'm like, why are these on your server? And again, it could be as simple as like they're playing in the API behind the scenes and they just have these placeholder images and they're using the interface and someone found those images. But I don't think so. I mean, I because yeah. we've never seen anything like that scraped from them before. So PlayStation Mobile, they're, they're getting back into the mobile space. Uh, they refuse to do another Vita. They will now just uh, have your phones. So... We, what was it? Wipeout Rush already is a is a thing that's happening. Uh, I see it as not like a direct competitor, but like a competition space where it's the mobile store. You know, your your fight. It's, there's like like you said, five games. I think it's about like ten games that are on the mobile store at any time, making money, able to make money. Where do you see like the competition space between like not third part, like not like triple A level games, but like these A level experiences from hefty publishers? on the on the mobile stores are we talking about with playstation in particular or playstation in particular also even netflix like because sure and it seems like they're sticking into that space yeah i think so i think apple did themselves a great disservice early on by allowing the bottom to be reached so rapidly and it was called the Mm. race to the bottom in game development you know you remember when ios launched and the app store launch games were ten dollars fifteen dollars people were making pretty good money and then games became eight dollars and five dollars and three dollars and one dollar and free and then if you even wanted to charge a dollar you were finished i mean by 2011 2012 if you read stuff people were done i mean and they destroyed their own ecosystem and this is happening by the way in other spaces too and the reason i bring that up is because i don't think it's wise to enter that space with your own product because Apple can't even control that space. That's why they they created Apple Arcade, which is a really cool right. idea because they needed they needed it's what people have been saying for years and in fact the people on that team are many people that I used to work with at IGN, Charles Onyet, um Scott Skinkowski, all those dudes that are curating those games, that are finding them, Mark Bozon, a bunch of other guys curating those games, bringing them to the fore because they realize that this is just garbage on the store. No, no one cares. So you right. don't want to, you don't want to be there. And that's kind of the befuddlement I have with Sony's approach. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little befuddled by Wipeout Rush too. I should say for my own show, I've been talking to those guys at Rogue Games. I used to work with two of them at IGN, Craig Harris and Matt Casamassina. And mm. they used to run IGN Nintendo. And they're mm. some of the leads of that studio. And uh, uh, Matt Bozon's there who worked way forward and everything. So they have a really good pedigree. But this game is both endorsed by Sony and then totally ignored by Sony. And we talked about this on my show. The trailer is so funny. There's no PlayStation logo. Doesn't say PlayStation anywhere. Doesn't say Liverpool Studio. 
or anything, you know, Psygnosis or any any tie back to the to the name. And then at the very end, it says Wipeout is a registered trademark of Sony Europe. <laughs> right. So like yeah. doesn't even say like PlayStation or anything like that. And to me, I'm like, why are you even doing this? And then mm-hmm. I reach out to those guys to get them on the show and they're interested, but then they have to go through Sony PR. Um who, who don't want to deal with you. Right. And don't and they don't want to well, so I know the history. It, yeah, it yeah, I, it's a, it's a whole thing, everybody. So I bring that up only uh, to kind of add some color to the illustration that these spaces are crowded, and not even the big companies know what to do with them. And I think the only success metric that PlayStation might look at is if they could connect these games to the PlayStation app, which is pretty good, and mm-hmm. if they can run trophies on it which should be possible because I think you can get achievements on some Xbox mobile stuff, then I think that you'll get some people going and checking it out. And maybe the hope is that you can make a little money there from the hardcore. And maybe there's an off chance that you get some people to come the other direction. And I think that's possible. And I think that that was the intention early on when they did like run Sackboy run and uncharted that uncharted card game and everything. I just right. don't think it was it was executed well. So I'm a little nervous about what their intent is because if PlayStation Studios and PlayStation aren't going to put their name let me back up and say this. If you're going to let your IP be used and you're not willing to endorse it, then you shouldn't let your IP be used. If you don't exactly. think it's a good idea that there's a Wipeout game made where you're a manager of a team, now that that's not what Wipeout fans want. I don't think that that sounds very bad, but that's not what Wipeout fans want. Mm-hmm. Then don't do it. I mean, it's that simple. There's no, this is like, if you get games on the mobile, that's kind of like annexing a little space that you had no right to. So do it the right way. Right. Because otherwise you're coming out the gate and you're, and everyone's like, ah, what the fuck is this shit? And that's why I want to talk to those guys and see how they feel about the game and really get into the nitty gritty. And because I know them and have worked with them, I feel like I know how they feel, but I want to get it, you know, on the, on audio. So it's going to be difficult. And as far as Netflix getting involved, it's what I said earlier. I, I think that they would find much more success going in the opposite direction. Netflix should publish games based on their products on console. Mm-hmm. And that could be one of those roads. Like Ozark is a that would be a dope game to try to do something with, not with the characters, maybe, but you could probably do some management game. You could probably do some um, simulation about running the casino or running the drug empire or whatever, like some yeah. sort of drug wars game. Like there are a lot of cool things you can do that can all that can augment all your products you might not want people to go and play a 25 hour ozark adventure but you might want them to go manage the casino on their phone while they're playing or while they're watching right i don't know and then then you got like um there's talk of a bridgerton game it looks like shonda rhymes to make a bridgerton game which i've said should just be like you know dating sim like that's a dating sim game like that this series feels like a dating sim I didn't know that Bridgerton is a Shonda Rhimes game or, or yeah, show. Or, yeah, I didn't even know yeah. that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah she uh, wow, she's man. one of those How deals. Did she do that, it, dude. Jeez, I don't know. She uh, like we. I remember we were talking about it last year before that came out. Like, where the fuck is anything Shonda Rhimes is doing for Netflix? Because she signed a production deal with Netflix, and it was like over a year before we actually got something, which was a documentary. And then we got Bridgerton the next month, and we we're like, oh, okay, so here's the Shonda Rhimes thing. And it's massive. It's one of the biggest hits ever. I mean, Squid Game has overtaken in every facet possible. But even still, like, holy shit, like Shonda Rhimes, like, killed it in this genre that I don't even think Netflix really even had like this over the top kind of drama, like period drama that is like altered history. It it, it was 
one of those things is like, wow. So this is what Sean Rhymes can do. Meanwhile, you got people like Ryan Murphy, who's just like chugging out content. It does okay. It's not anything particularly special, but you're like, okay. I mean, you're doing something with your with your hundreds of millions of dollars. Meanwhile, Sean Rhymes is putting out something that is breaking records for what Netflix does. I just can't even imagine how much money that woman must have between oh. Grey's Anatomy and then and just mm-hmm. all the syndication from that and then all the spinoffs from that and then the Netflix stuff. It's just like good for her. It's great. Yeah, I mean, she just redid a deal. And that's the, the Bridgerton game that uh, that's how we know about it is because that was part of the details of the deal is that we're going to get a Bridgerton game. I, like, I don't know what it is. It's probably in pre-pro like early, Walking early, early. Maybe. It, it would, yeah. That would be see. That show is very attractive to a different gaming demographic, a demographic mm-hmm. that plays like match three. No offense. Like, right. That would be so fascinating. To use some sort of accessible adventure game or accessible walking sim, interactive walking sim to ingratiate a different audience to games. That's the power that Netflix has, by the way, with. Mm. In the other direction, right, like is creating new consumers of things. People watch Squid Game. I haven't haven't seen it yet. It looks awesome. Yeah, uh, but they watch it and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" It's unlike anything they've ever seen. It's not so surprising that people like us or people like me that are see a lot of weird gaming stuff in Asian culture oh, yeah. and a lot of the offbeat shows, but it opens their mind to these radical new things. And it's interesting that something is stayed and grounded as Bridgerton in the main. It's a drama, right? Like. Mm-hmm. can can it would be like making a down nabby game basically where right and 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 how that attractive that could be to a demographic that yeah so it's quite quite alluring to me I, I'm, I'm excited about that possibility i'm looking at like other ip and then i'm looking at their gaming ip you know because we, we have the castlevania series which basically proved everything netflix can do with gaming they went hey we want to take your show you know Video game movies are terrible. Let's go with video game series and see how that works. And Castlevania proved it. Like Castlevania up in front proved that ne- uh, that Netflix and not even not even Netflix, but like you can make a, a a series about a game, which is why I think we're getting The Last of Us HBO. Like I don't, I don't part of me doesn't think that Last of Us HBO exists without Castlevania first. Like yes, it it, it was it's been ruminating for years, but. I think whenever HBO saw the success of Castlevania, they went, okay, now we can try something. Yeah, I, I don't think you can understate the surprise that Castlevania was for everyone because right. Konami is not a good company anymore. I, I wish them I the best. I hope they make a comeback. I'm really pulling for them to do that. But when I first heard about that, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And I, 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 I'm sure you know because you listen to the show, Castlevania mm-hmm. is one of the most important licenses oh, yeah. to me ever i love that that mm-hmm. that it's like sacred to me and uh i really like the cartoon too i haven't seen the newest season but i uh i'll get to it at some point but it was excellent and again works in reverse because i think it it invoked a lot of like where's castlevania kind of questions mm-hmm. from people that play games and i'll never forget you know how they do those splash screens on netflix when you leave it idling and it's like a lot of their biggest stuff. And I was at like my uncle's house or something for a party. And it was just like in their TV in their living room. And it was showing all these different things. And Castlevania kept popping up. And I'm like, that's unbelievable. I, I, mm-hmm. I just can't believe that this term Castlevania is being exposed to like an 80 year old woman <laughs> watching Netflix right. and like and their shit's idling. And she's like, what's Castlevania? And she won't watch it. But it's like that woman just saw the word Castlevania. And that, right. that alone is 
is amazing. And I love that kind of stuff. So again, it shows that it shows that synergetic pop or power potential, let's say, between the two brands. Right. And I mean, not I don't think coincidentally either, we started getting those, you know, collections, the the Castlevania collections come out. I mean, we just had the Castlevania Advance collection, which you've been powering through. Oh like, yeah, man. I, I don't so think good. I don't think those happen either without Netflix doing their thing with Castlevania. And now I know Ega made the the Curse of the Moon games, like the uh the Bloodstained games. Like and maybe that helped revive the series also, but like you got to think that Netflix also helped the sales of or like even the production of any Castlevania game collection that's happened recently. Probably, I, I would say. I mean, I love Iga. I know him personally. Um, nice guy. So I don't think he would be insulted when I say that. Um, as awesome as Bloodstain was, not only Ritual of the Night, but the two Curse of the Moon games were phenomenal. Mm. Based on Castlevania three, both of them for as great as those were. Uh, Castlevania on Netflix is certainly going to be much more responsible for the revive the inevitable revival of Castlevania as a game. I mean, we we know that that's happening. I would, f- <laughs> I own a studio, as you know, and we make games, yep. and I would die to get my hands on that license. Like I, I would fund that game myself, and just oh my god, it would be so exciting. So I, I'm hoping the Castlevania comes back and does great because I think that the, then there'll be room to explore it at many different levels. And as we saw with Konami in Japan, unfortunately it's mm. not happening here, but they're basically having a competition where they've opened all of their licenses up to, for indie studios to pitch them. And when we saw that, we're like, Oh my God. And what we were actually thinking was we wanted to do a Gradius game. Um, right. Because uh, it's a Gradius game. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and then we were like, ah, oh, it's Japanese only. God damn it. But yeah. yeah. Now let me ask you something about that. Considering that you are a, a co-owner of a game studio. If Netflix, I mean, you'd do anything for the right price, but like, say Netflix approached you and like, hey, we want to put, you know, Abraxia or, you know, I, Twin Breaker is one of those games. Where I'm like, I don't know if that works on mobile at all, but like Abraxia might. But like, would you be willing to put your game on mobile if Netflix approached you and said, hey, we would like to put your game on our streaming service uh, through the mobile phone? Yeah, I actually I would be fine with that. I, I'm not a fan of mobile games as you know i just don't think right. it, it's a platform that works for games but ironically at least hybroxia hybroxia 2 and twin breaker i don't think perils of baking would work and i don't think our new game would work either that we'll announce soon but mm. um we're working on a jrpg too which might actually work i think certain yeah. things work on touchscreen so like i actually think hybroxia hybroxia basically is just directional in fact now i don't know how barry would feel about this but you could conceivably just make firing automatic and just move yeah. the ship and I don't know that it would really change the nature of the game very much. Right. Because I, th- I feel like most people just hold down that button anyway, and they're just shooting right. a- as they move along anyway. Exactly. And then Twin Breaker, you could conceivably feel like you could use your finger and almost touch where the pad could go. I think the game might be comically easy at that point. Uh, yeah, we would feel comfortable as long as it was true to the game. Mm. We, we, we won't do anything for the right price, but and it would be ridiculous to say like we would never compromise the game no matter what but i would mm. like to think that we would never want to put the game somewhere where it didn't belong no matter the price and i think that we have to remain true to that um i think again it's cool for netflix to do something like that in, in the touch space but i if they wanted to come to us on the controllers like on the on the space where it's like would you want to be in a more hardcore space of games that we're doing that would be very attractive and i would yeah. be totally for that including doing exclusive content for them. That would be fun as hell, you know, because that's the point is we make eight and 16 bit games now and we make 2D games. Mm-hmm. We will never make anything else. 
but 2D games. And they need that. Like, they are going to, that's the point, is they're going to need all of that. Otherwise, people are going to be like, oh, it's just, why do I need Netflix streaming for, you know, when they need, you need a coffee. It's just the same thing with Game Pass. It's like Game Pass isn't just X, Y, and Z. It's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and H as well. So that would be more attractive to me, but I don't know if that will ever happen. Uh, are there any IPs you would look at and be like, I'd be interested in working on something like that? <laughs> Can't do House of Cards anymore. Um, yeah, because that would be true. a fun one. Uh, I well, Squid Game. Do they own? Um, do they own Squid Game, or is that like owned by a South Korean? Uh, I think they outright own it. Because that's an. I mean, that's that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see here. I want to. Oh yeah, that's. Um, I was going to say the the uh, that's Amazon, the Expanse, because uh, that's an obvious one as well. Right. Netflix. Yeah, I'm not seeing too much information. That's the thing about Netflix is like half the time I have no idea what the fuck they even own. Like, like they just they just throw branding on shit, and like half the time they don't even own it. Like they they have the right, exactly. exclusive distribution rights to something, but that doesn't mean they own it. Now I feel like most of the time when you go on the Netflix, you they will own the IP and then say whether or not it's done. Like um, Bojack Horseman is a famous example where they don't own the IP to Bojack Horseman. So, and they didn't own the light, like the syndication rights to it either. So whenever they like the creators wanted more money, they went out to comedy central and were like, Hey, do you want the syndication rights to Bojack? And Netflix had no power over that. So I feel like Netflix since that point has exerted more control over the IP. So I wouldn't be shocked if they did own it. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some of them now. Like I was a bit, I'm a big fan of the last kingdom. I think that show fucking rules. Uh, so that would be a fun, that could be a really fun, uh, game. I mean, that you can almost imagine a, a Witcher like game for that. I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of the crown, but I don't know how you would do that. Maybe, maybe some sort of, uh, walking simulator. They do own dark as I know. And I know that that's yep. foreign, but I, and then that might be the foreign distribution rights, but dark is a tempting game to or attempting show to make a game about i know they tried to do something with cobra kai i think they did actually i don't think it was very good yeah um obviously the witcher is going ongoing and stuff like that so i think there are a lot of different options and as you said with like the dark crystal revival they did try to do something with that maybe you do something with sabrina there's i mean there's a lot of yeah. there are a lot of interesting options but it's i think they're doing something with narcos as well right so um uh, didn't they announce that, that they're doing like right. some sort of narcos game uh, um, narcos, I, I think they were thinking about it but game. Uh, I don't remember hearing anything. Oh, no, it's out. Not Narcos Rise of the Cartels. It's uh, it's, oh. it, it's that's a game on PlayStation 4. Is it really? From, oh, my God. From Kuju Games developed by, or published by Curve. Yeah, I want to say this was like a strategy game or something like that. But I, oh, no, it's a third person shooter. Oh, well, that's Some probably sort. why we never heard about it, because it's a third person shooter in space. Uh, uh, when yeah, did so it? They're, they're trying. I mean, I give yeah. it up to them, but. Oof, we'll a, a 2.2 on the GameStop website, so that doesn't bode well. I think Cobra Kai was in similar territory because, yeah. I mean, they acquired that later on, but they were working with Game Mill to make some of these games. They made a fucking shitty G.I. Joe game that came out around the same time, too. Mm. So that's the other thing that Netflix needs to be very cautious of, and they're very cautious of it in the TV and movie space and documentary space, so they need to be cautious of it, too, which is you can't make cheap stuff. Right. You know, like Netflix is known for not doing that. They don't do that. And that you don't see between the seams, you know, like I was always impressed with uh, what was that show called? Uh, Last Chance, Last Chance University. Last or whatever. Chance U. Yep. Yeah. Which is awesome. And how budget 
the surroundings they were they were at a community college in Mississippi impoverished down and out and all that but it looked like it was a Hollywood production and made the place pop in such a way like these juco meaningless football games under the Friday night lights but it made it seem like it was this exciting thing and that always reminded me I was like Netflix always brings the budget they always bring the money they always bring the heft and they got to do that with their games if they're going to do it too no cheap half step shit and that's sad that they let that happen to Narcos because it's really important to not do anything than to do bad games. And I think they've probably learned that. I think that's why they might have went out and got night school because some of the stuff that they were making wasn't working out. And whoever was giving them advice on the studios they're working with and the amount of time and budget they're giving them were wrong. Um, well, I mean, they, they hired a new yeah. VP for uh, game development back in July, right. too, when they when they announced the gaming initiative. So, like, clearly they're learning something. I don't know if the guy because he's his background is predominantly in mobile games like he was there for the zynga craze back in uh back during my college time uh, he's worked on a bunch of other mobile games uh, he worked with oculus for a bit so like it, are they looking into the potential vr space too like there there's so there's a bit of stuff that like there's so many question marks around what they're doing that i just go well it looks like as of now they're focusing on mobile which is why I'm kind of worried about the console space, because even though we've had console games like the Stranger Things game, the Dark Crystal game, like the, the Narcos game, those games have all come out and they're all on console. But it doesn't look like anybody's like overseeing it and making sure, hey, this actually looks good. Let's let's keep going with this. Right. And also, how do you tie them in and make them additive to the license? Like get your actors involved in mocap, get them in the VO booth, make this an interstitial story between seasons, mm-hmm. time it so it comes out at the sixth month point while people were waiting for the next season, right? If you wanted to, this hypothetical Ozark casino game, right? That I'm creating in my mind, mm-hmm. make that available. Well, Ozark's going to end soon, but right. that should have been, that could have been available now. Right. And right. that's the kind of thing too. Like that it, these are fall. These are also force multiplication games. You know, you make money, you publish them, all of that, but they remind people that these things exist too. And they're, they're interesting, tantalizing pieces of advertisement that others don't really get because they don't need it nor seek it. But Netflix mm. does because they want more people on the subscription service. So it it's interesting to think about um, the potential there. But like you said, I don't know that they're going to go to VR at least immediately just because then that requires a controller and a headset. And this is, again, why they might need partners. This guy, like you said, worked at Oculus. So you could imagine a reality where Netflix and Facebook team up. I mean, there's yep. all sorts of different possibilities, although I, I'm of the mind Facebook wants out of gaming. So and I wouldn't be surprised if they just spun Oculus off completely. But right. We'll see what happens on that front. Yeah. All right. So uh, you brought it up. You, you said, uh, well, I brought it up originally, but then you mentioned that you also watched the Chappelle special. So, I mean, like yeah. that whole saga, I mean, we documented it but basically the entire timeline over the last week. And then of course we had the walkout last week where uh, a, a man was screamed at a woman shook a, t- a tambourine in his face, you know, hysterical shit. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think he's got a, that, that, that man, that man who screamed at me in jail, <sighs> oh like for trying to incite a riot. That was, that was some of the most egregious shit I've ever seen in my entire life. But it was just Portlandia like, because I was like, mm-hmm. because the guy was holding it's, it's veto he's like a podcaster. I, I've talked to him before. Like he has this uh, sign and then they rip the sign off. So he's just left with like a pointy stave and they're like, he's got a weapon. It really did. Yeah. It was like a Portlandia skit. It was hysterical. I thought it was hysterical personally. 
But like uh, you report, like I, re- I saw a retweet from you basically stating like AP is misreporting what happened because like based off of that video and based off of the caption to the AP photo, completely different worlds that we're living in uh, as to what's going on. So like, what do you want to see? Like, I'm sure you've talked about it before, but like, it, it would. What are your thoughts on the whole Chappelle thing? Well, I don't think I have talked about it publicly, but I watched it. I was going to watch it like at some other time. Mm-hmm. And then it became like such as hullabaloo that I was like, all right, I guess I got to go watch this thing. And I like Dave Chappelle a lot. I was a big fan of Chappelle show when it was on. It was on when I was in college. So that was like a really seminal time in my life. And mm-hmm. just really those first two seasons are imprinted in my brain because we used to just watch them constantly. So I really liked his comedy and I, I always liked the inappropriateness and kind of his ability to just make fun of and punch at everyone. Right. Like c- certainly he's lampooned white people so much. And it, oh, I right. love when he I love when he plays the white guy like with the, it's so funny to me. But I was watching the special and I think as usual, people are, the meta message is lost on people. I think if you watch it from front to back and hear the story of this trans woman that he knew and all of this kind of stuff, you realize that. I mean, at least the way I interpreted it is that he's saying, like, I didn't kill this woman. You did, you know, and. I don't think people wanted to hear that. There was like a certain group of people that were like, we don't want to have reflected on us, our own behavior and the way we might contribute to negative outcomes because we're not always so righteous. And I think that was what the whole thing was about. A lot of people were saying it was more like spoken word and like a seminar almost than a comedy special. I didn't agree with that at all. I I kept, I was dying when he kept going into his MLK um, Mm -hmm. impersonations. I was like, dude, those are so funny when you talk about like gay guys like sh- like you know get your cocoa cream and a butter and all this guy i was like dying i was like this is so funny and i can understand why some people might be offended i was a little surprised because i don't think he was joking when he was like i am a turf like i don't think that was a joke yeah. and i was surprised to hear him say that and i can understand why people might be be like feel like that's really aggressive but what he was basically saying is i'm a second wave feminist and that's not and as opposed to like maybe more third wave feminism. And I have to give it up to Netflix because although I think that the second letter they wrote where they kind of walked some of the stuff back was a little weak, yeah. but they stood up and they were like, we're not deleting this. We're not taking it down. And I appreciated that because you can imagine that situation going in a different direction. And I feel like it, it could be wishful thinking, but I feel like maybe it's a, it's a, a turning point because or one of them. Because what we realized was a lot of people were like, fuck this. This is fine. And then we heard that a thousand people were going to be outside and then hundreds of people. And then it ended up being dozens of Netflix's employees. Of mm-hmm. well, There's more than 10,000 people working for the company. Oh, yeah. So it's no one. And what I would have loved Netflix to do is for, for them to, the next step to be like, listen, um, if you have a problem, you don't have to be here. You know, do you have any right. idea how many people would work at Netflix doing whatever oh, roles would, those people it, were doing? Be, I mean, I'd it's follow not myself to work there as soon as possible. So to me, I, I would have appreciated that extra step to been like, listen, we are a we are a, a, a streaming service that caters to all kinds of different content for all kinds of people. And you're not going to agree with it or like all of it. And if you can't stand that, get out. Bye. You know, yeah. and like what? Like uh, how many people would have walked out and been gone? Twenty. I mean, you, you couldn't replace them. In fact, I was reading a story where like that kind of action might have been regarded by others in the company has been like a sigh of relief because those people will remove themselves. 
Right. You know? And then you don't have to worry. And it's not trans people or anything like that. I'm saying like troublemaking people that don't understand art and creation at all and want to stymie and destroy it have no business at a place like Netflix. And that's what they really should have said was like, listen, we don't care if you're liberal or conservative or a socialist or whatever. If you don't believe that art is art, if you don't believe in expression and our ability to express different views for our audiences, then you do not belong here and you will be removed if it continues. You right. know? Uh, but they didn't do any of those kinds of things. I think they right. played it right from a PR standpoint. It might not have been my very curt uh, approach might not have been popular, but it's certainly the way I run my business. You're either on board or you're out. Right. right? Like, and that's your choice to make. But you will make I, I will put you in a position for you to make it. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's the other thing is like they want, like you said, it's a PR win, like to say, hey, you know, we respect you. We're going to look into more content. But like, I, I'm going to I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but like, I already feel like there's plenty of trans content. There's plenty of like anything LGBTQ plus content on Netflix already. Like, I don't understand why one special is going to hurt everything that Netflix has done. Like, I I actually consider them fairly progressive in that kind of space. Now, of course, I'm a straight white dude. What the fuck do I know? Maybe I have no idea whatsoever. But like based off of representation, I feel like they're doing a pretty damn good job. So like one they are way overrepresentative, dude, if anything. Oh, yeah. And, and that's fine. But like three and a half percent of America is gay. Right. Like way more than three and a half percent of Netflix's content is catered to gay people or yeah. could be construed as right. that. 0.3% of the of American population is transgender. I mean, so what? Like, there, there's plenty of shows that represent that. That's overrepresented. Mm. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But yeah, yeah you're right. Like, the, this idea of trying to cater it to this, like, specific math, if, I think they better be careful if that's what they want to do, because I think they, you're going to have to start taking things down. Right. <laughs> well, know? they've already started <laughs> taking stuff down. Like, uh, I mean, everyone's going to point to the Saudi Arabia episode of uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj, but, like, that was legally enforced. Like Netflix has gone into bed and said, Hey, we want the Saudi Arabian money. So we're going to take down the, the Saudi Arabia, the anti Saudi Arabia episode that Assam Minaj did, uh, in other locations, they've taken down like episodes of community. There's uh, I think it's advanced Dungeons and dragons where there's blackface, but it's like not blackface as you know, you think of like in the racist tone, it's like somebody's playing a dark elf. And so he paint like his face is just darker. And that's it. I remember, that being, contro- I remember that, that being a controversy with Mad Men syndication, too, because there is a blackface scene in Mad Men that is racist. Uh, but I think they were like, no, we're not like or AMC was like, we're not we're not doing that. Right. You know? so, so like they've already done it is the problem. And I think continuing to expect them to do it. I, I, I understand where the people who continue to expect them to do it are coming from. But like you have to put your foot in the ground at some point. I'm, I'm hoping this is the point where it's like, all right unless we're legally required to take something down in order to continue doing, doing business in a country, which Saudi Arabia, I mean, you talk about it plenty. I don't, I don't like that money uh, as it is, but you know, that that's the choice yeah, they've made, but they're breaching like, the gaming space, you know, it's yeah. not good. But like, I, I look at that and I go, I mean, at some point, what are we doing? Cause like, we're now going back into the Jack Thompsonism of the nineties where everyone's like, there's hurtful content on our screen and it causes an increase in violence. And it's like, weren't we over this back in the day? Didn't we go over this? It's also the Christian no... conservatism of the eighties. That's what's, yeah. that's what they really don't want to hear. Right. You know? and, and it's I, like, we've been over this. Like, haven't we all discovered that like seeing something doesn't mean you're going to do something. Like I fucking run over a hundred people while playing grand theft auto five. 
doesn't mean I go around like running down city streets of people every day. I just do it because it's like stupid fun. You know, it doesn't make me a violent I, person. I totally agree. I mean, and that holding a mirror up to these people and them seeing the, you know, Tipper Gore or something like that in the reflection is not what they want to f- see. But um, they are nonetheless that. And mm-hmm. as a moderate conservative, my whole life, I like love it because I'm like, wow, like the things that I always wish were associated with my side that I felt really strong about now are associated with my side, like freedom of expression and artistic worth and all of those kinds of things that some conservatives would be like, man, like I'd be like, no, it's really important. People express themselves like this is conservative. Stay out of their business. Like let them do what mm-hmm. they want. Now that is our stance. So like it's 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 totally it's totally turned on its head and it's fucked up. And I think Netflix did a pretty good job of sticking with it and i think that they deserve a little bit of respect for that because i think what's being said behind closed doors is probably what you think is being said behind closed doors which Mm -hmm. is like this is nuts and we are a big company and we have a lot to worry about so we need to handle this very deliberately but my stance would be shit i had this conversation with patreon a few years ago not about anything having to do with like totalitarianism or whatever we were talking about specifically freedom of speech and laws and expression. Mm-hmm. And I had, I gave them the feedback that I'm like, you're an American company and you do business around the world, but you are an American company and you should do your business by American values. And so if the Saudis don't like that something exists, the answer is too bad. And if the Chinese don't allow, like something exists, the answer is too bad. Yeah. You know, like you're an American company. And we are your most important customer. So I feel the same way about Netflix. And I, I, I hope that they don't continue to do that because it, it emboldens horrible people, right? And it's what we talk about, like you said, with SNK, the publisher, the famous Japanese publisher and developer is now owned mm-hmm. by the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Oof. That is horrible. Metal Slug and Samurai Showdown and King of Fighters and Neo Geo and no way, man. That's bad news. And the answer when that interest from Saudi Arabia came to SNK would have been like, no, we don't want your money. Because if there was interest from that, then there's certainly interest from friendly com- from friendly faces as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it's important that Netflix puts a, a, a flag in the ground at some point as an American company. And we're not seeing very many companies do that. And someone should, right? Like the NBA is not going to do that. Oh, God, no. Too much Chinese money. Blizzard's not going to do that. Whatever. Who's going to do it? And I think they'll be applauded for doing that. It's the same thing with like the new Top Gun movie where they had to go re-edit it because there's a Taiwanese flag on uh, on Tom Cruise's coat or jacket, mm. bomber jacket. Or 2012 Red Dawn where they changed it from the North Koreans to or from the Chinese to the, the Chinese North Koreans. The North Koreans which was, yeah, was absurd. And that was because MGM was totally bought by... <laughs> Chinese interest. I was shocked they even let that movie come out at all. But, um, and that was a disappointment because I love Red Dawn, as you know. But, mm. uh, yeah, I would like to see someone put the flag in the ground and say, like, we're an American company. And I think Netflix is, is a company that can do that. Although it seems like what you're telling me is that they're not going to because I, w- I felt that in their letter where they were an inch away from saying, we are a company that relies on expression. That's, that's what we do. Right. Um, and I and, think you know, they'll allow that oh, with stuff that they make, like the Dave Chappelle special, they'll keep up, but like stuff like community, the office or like whatever shows up on their streaming service that somebody is like, Hey, I don't like that. 
I think they'll take that down. But if when their money's on the line, I think that's when you're really going to see what they're about. Because one or two episodes of Community here or there doesn't really matter. A, a stand-up special they paid $20 million for, that's something they'll, they'll stick a flag in the ground about. Yeah, and it probably just made it more popular. I mean, they're probably thrilled about the mm-hmm. hullabaloo around it. And for all of that, like there was that, um, that it was a couple of years ago, that thing that was released, the, um, it was called Nanette or whatever. Oh, Nanette, yeah. The, yeah. And Anna I Gatsby. watched it before I saw any of people making fun of it and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I watched it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's the other side of the coin. It's like, okay, that's fine. Like, like no one is expressing themselves and being like, Nanette is like the anti-comedy and needs to be taken down. I was like, no, that's fine. It's an interesting approach. Mm-hmm. But it's only one side. It always goes in one direction. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand that. What are you so afraid of? That's what that's what I think the biggest confusion is. It's like, what are you so afraid of? Comedy? Okay. I think when people are making fun of you in a comedy, I think it kind of gives you it kind of legitimizes you in some way. Like, oh, you've made it. Like they're mm-hmm. paying attention to you. It's easy to make fun of, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. Of course it is. But that's because Caitlyn Jenner is a person that exists and is very popular and and you know the joke because Caitlyn Jenner is a person you know. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something to be said about that too. And maybe it's the silver lining of a dark cloud for some people, but I watched that special expecting the worst and by the end of it i was like i'm pretty sure that's a parable the entire thing was a parable about a woman who died i mean i don't know what the problem is right <laughs> yeah, so now the other question by the way is will there be any consequences for some of these people that did some of this shit and i i, I fear the answer is no i the think the answer that, will be no that's too bad I, I see i'm i disagree i think if you want to foster a, a relationship that netflix seems to have with their employees where it's like hey you don't like something, okay. I mean, you don't have to get out. I mean, you can, but if you don't like it and you want to protest, okay. They want. I think they do want to like have that microcosm of like everyone has a voice here, which I'm fine with. I think that's actually like I think it's healthy. Now, of course, if you have people screaming down other people, then it's not a healthy environment. And then, yeah, then you should see something like some consequences. I, mean, I don't know if they can identify uh, he's got a weapon guy and send him down and be like, that's unacceptable. What you did, like you, what you guys did to that man is completely unacceptable. doesn't matter like what he was doing to you. The fact that it is that based off of this minute, 30 second video is you all got up in his personal space uh, during a a time where there's still a infectious disease uh, with no masks on, which is something else you, you, you've been uh, very vocal about is the fact that there are people who, who run around with no masks on, during a pandemic uh, and other people who are just like, Oh, we have to wear masks. Like we're forced to at other locations, but like these people I live in the fucking it. South. No one's yeah. wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, like, no, no offense. <laughs> well, I, I live in the South too. I live in North Carolina. So it's a bit more like real South know, left, but like it's, but it's still in the South. I'm wearing masks. I see a lot of people wearing masks, but like I look at that and I'm like, you guys are in California. There's a lot of you there. Like you're not social distancing. You're not doing any of that stuff. And then you're going to come out and say, you know, wear your mask, all that kind of shit. It, it rolls me the wrong way. So like, uh, you know, if the bad actors from that video, I think should be at least taken aside and said, look, you're, I, we respect your right to protest, but also like what you did looks bad for us. Like, it looks like we employ a bunch of screaming children. That's exactly right. And I think, I don't know, man, 
I think I run my businesses a little, I'm, I'm very laissez-faire as people that work for me will tell you, like, I don't, I barely talk to anyone that I, that I, that works for me because they're all self-sufficient machines. They work when they want, as long as things are done, I don't care. But if you, none of them have done this, but if you're going to make my brand look bad and, and come out against the things we're doing and not have private conversations with us and stuff like that, you're done. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't run a business like that. Like how can those people now go back in and be trusted? Not that they're going to sabotage something, but like that they're working towards the, the end of the company. That's why you're there. Right. So it's cool to give people a voice, but it should just be known when you work at a place like that being like, it doesn't matter what you think about the art, man. Like it, it just doesn't. It's, it's what we do. You're not going to like it all. It's, it's just right. what it is. And if, if, and that should just be said by HR when you're hired in your, in your, uh, orientation. Right. And like, listen, like just save it, you know, right. Like, just you're not unless you're in like the unless you're that's what you do here then just save it <laughs> right wait do like, your fucking like, accounting like, and shut up <laughs> yeah like I, if i came out and i started going on sp- uh, social media and, and spouting shit about the company that i work for and i was like they're horrible like we're, we're not getting these are uh for legal purposes this is all made up but like they're not paying me enough you know my hours are too much my boss disrespects me like if i said that kind of shit publicly without going to anybody internally first I don't know if I have a job the following day. It's, I mean, that's the way the world works. Mm. Right? Like you're, you're in a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. There's parameters of your abilities within the hierarchy. You breach those parameters in the hierarchy and the hierarchy crumbles or you go. And that's, that's just three. I don't know, man. I, I worked in California and lived there for mm-hmm. 13 years i lived in san francisco for 10 years right and it was never like this like I, I don't know what has happened there over since i think trump broke everyone and yeah. uh i i think that so it's 2015 2016 and by early 2017 i was like bye and i left san francisco so that kind of and i'm not I, netflix isn't in san francisco but i'm i'm saying the point is is that like that behavior has Mm -hmm. infiltrated everything and what i've been what people like me have been saying for years which is like you better watch colleges it's very scary people used to think i was dramatic when i was like i escaped northeastern with my ba at the perfect time like i wouldn't have survived this nonsense i i felt the origins of it and now we're seeing the fruits of it and it's infiltrating our corporations it's infiltrating our schools it's infiltrating the political system and all the rest and i think a lot of people are now confronting it for the first time on mass which is like we don't want this we don't want this woke bullshit we don't want it doesn't mean we don't like trans people doesn't mean we don't like gay people or that we're racist or anything like that we just don't want wokeism and a lot of people look at it as a cancer and when a business succumbs to it it doesn't often work out for that business so i think that they should be very careful because people do pretend it works out but these companies make very easy wins and they don't really do the woke thing it's easy for nike to say like we you know, support Black Lives Matter, but uh, they still make their shit in China. Yep. You know, it's easy to it's it's easy to not do anything, right? But to pretend you are, right? It, it, as soon as it affects actual dollars, that's when that's when you like I said, that's where you're going to see how they actually feel. Like that's why the, the Chappelle special is never going to get removed. Anything they make is never going to get removed. There was a uh, Cuties. Uh, it's a, a French movie about like twelve uh, year old girls uh, shaking their ass on screen. And like everyone was all up in arms about it. Like, how could you make this? This is awful. This is horrendous. But look it up. Cuties is still on Netflix today. Uh, and yeah. I've watched it and it's, it's not great. It's not a great look. Uh, I, I, I watch that and I go, 
yeah, this is like dangerously close to pedophilia, if not pedophilia itself. And I just, but like, you know, the director wanted to tell a story, man. And so it's got to go somewhere. It's going to go somewhere. Why not? Yeah, be I, I, I didn't. I only know about that because of the hullabaloo. That's the other thing is that I never watched it. I don't know anything really about it. What I did recall is that like, it seemed like they removed it from the splash screen at some point. So like you had to yeah. go search for it. But um, yeah, as long as it's not, I think let's say this, what's good taste or what's in the realm of good taste is very wide. The spectrum is very wide. What you're describing to me sounds incredibly inappropriate, right? Oh yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch it, so I'm, I'm afraid to even judge it because then I become what we're talking about here, which is just people that shoot from the hip, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd rather. But the point is, is that I'm never going to watch that. So I'll never have an opinion on it. Right. Well, <laughs> and the thing with the closer was that the showrunner for Dear White People, who's a trans woman, came out and said, here's why I'm never working with Netflix again. She says this. Meanwhile, she already has a new NBC show coming out, so she's already never working with Netflix again. She has her NBC money. Who cares? So but she comes out and is like, here's why this is damaging toward towards the trans community. And then everyone just goes, "Okay," and then takes it and inserts that information in their brain. And now that is their opinion instead of just watching something. And they're like, I'll never watch this. But now I know that Dave Chappelle is transphobic. And I feel like there's not enough people taking the time to actually do their own research. Like when, when they say do the research, what they mean is like experience something for yourself. I'm not saying like do the science for yourself or like any of the anti-vax stuff. It's whatever. But like if it's a, an opinion on media, you can't have an opinion on the media without having watched or experienced the media in some way. You just can't. Yeah, I would concur. I would concur just because my stuff is often victimized by that. People's mm-hmm. assumptions. We get letters. And people coming in the door all the time being like, this is not what I expected. And it's great. Thank you for doing what you're doing or whatever. And I'm like, that's really cool. But also because uh, I just don't, I think it's just disingenuous and unfair. I have plenty of opinions about plenty of things. So I do not need to, you know, it's like the old tweets that circulate sometimes where it's like, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. It's like, the answer is, is that with cuties, for instance, I just don't know. I have no fucking idea what my opinion is Mm -hmm. on it. I don't know. And that would be my answer, by the way, to almost everything you asked me. It's just that we're talking in this conversation, right, about very specific things, just like on sacred symbols. We do the same thing. But if you were just to sit me down and ask me a cacophony of questions, my answer is probably I have no idea to a bunch of those. And that's okay. You know, and I think that's something that's lost in everybody is that me not have I don't have an opinion is no longer an option for people. You not having an opinion for most sides is like you not care about anything like what's wrong with you how how dare you not have an opinion on this thing that i find very important and how many times by the way have i went and watched or looked something like look at what this guy said look at what 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 this guy did look and and it didn't happen i mean that happens right. all the time too so i just from that level i just everything when something sounds bad i'm like nah i don't think that happened and almost always it's true right like it's like it didn't actually happen that way mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this guy said this thing. Oh, back in 2017, this guy said this. And I'm like, I really doubt it. And then you go look and you're like, no, I don't think so. So um, you're right. You have to do your own research. And um, I think that's what's so cool about about services like Netflix and others is it's like a library. It's a, it's a consortium of creators and it's just anything you can think of. And I think that's great. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's really awesome. And what as i said earlier with why i think amazon prime is better is just because i the only thing i think netflix is missing is the ability to just a la carte buy things right and then you would just have a one-stop shop where 
it's like, oh, we don't stream this, but you can just buy it. And that's what Amazon does, which is why I like it. Mm-hmm. And I like PlayStation's universal search as well, which is so perfect for these streaming services. So it shows you where something is and you don't have to go searching for it or buying it or whatever if it's if it's free somewhere else. So. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to mention at all regarding anything regarding Netflix? Uh, I'd be happy to talk it out with you. If if not, uh, you know, just tell everyone what you're about. I mean, you're way bigger than this show, but uh, you know, I I appreciate you oh, for that taking ma- the time. That doesn't matter. Oh, ma- matters to me. No, thank you for having me. I like I like accepting podcast invitations about interesting topics. I've never sat down and talked about Netflix. I was talking you know, in depth, I've talked, I was talking to Mike and my girlfriend today and I was like, yeah, I'm not even, she's like, what are you guys going to talk about? And I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, it'll, it'll be fun. Like I, I really don't know. And I like going into conversations like that, but, um, so thank you for having me and, um, thank you for everyone for listening. And yeah, otherwise you can just find me online. I'm, I don't really do these to promote myself. So no, I, yeah, no. they're just, they're, they're, they're fun to, to just do and talk to different people. So thank you for having me. No, and thank you for being here. Uh, like I said, you're one of my favorite podcasting people of all time ever. Uh, kind of an inspiration for how I podcast in the first place. So uh, being able to talk to you on a podcast itself is pretty special for me. Cool. Thank you. All right. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening to this very special episode. Uh, you know where to find us. Follow our social medias. Everything's in the show notes. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, and until next time, we will see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.